0: We are live um welcome into the Mexico Grand Prix preview edition of the Pod to Survive podcast. uh My name is Chase Klein. I'm joined as always by uh the wonderful the handsome the gearheadedly inclined Jonathan Dazudi. How are you, Johnny?
1: Good, how are you
0: chase I'm sick as a dog. I got to tell you. I got uh tested for COVID.
1: I I don't have it, but I feel like a a truck ran over me or rather uh, an F1 vehicle ran over me. You sound you sound very cool. You sound like an actor like somebody everybody would look up to and want want to sound like. You sound raspy. Very impressive. <laughs> Whatever you did, keep on doing it. Oh, oh, thank you. I uh I I'm looking to sound
0: like um Sergio Perez. Uh he's got a nice um he's got the accent but uh Get a nice timbre to his voice to kind of get us uh, going on the Mexico City uh, pod. I mean, this is going to be one hell of a race on Sunday. Are, are you pumped? Are you as pumped as I am?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's definitely fun after Austin. I think Austin, there were 400,000 people in Austin in Mexico City. I think there's supposed to be 150,000 to 200,000, um, but it's still a – action-packed race, and I think it'll be really fun to see a lot of the supporters of Checo Perez, but but really just to see how much influence Formula One has, even in in, in Mexico. So yeah, I'm excited to see how this track lays out, and I think it should be a pretty good viewing experience.
0: No, 100%. I mean, I just personally, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, I, I prefer a street circuit. Um, give me a street circuit 9 out of 10 times, uh, I'll be happy. Um, and that's what we have here. It's just... It's another one. I mean, we keep hitting this point, but this 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 championship is coming down to the, the wire here, and um, it's going to be Max and Lewis, and all eyes on them. And uh, uh, it kind of, I think we'll get into it. But the early lead goes to to Max, goes to the incumbent on um, on track positioning because typically these Red Bulls have fared better in the street circuits.
1: Yeah, I think. Um... I think Mexico City, everybody's talked about how it's a it's a track that suits the Red Bull car better than Mercedes this year. I think in general, Chase, Red Bull has just had the better car. I think Helmet Marco um said that Max Verstappen through different circumstances, whether it was, you know, his crashes with Lewis Hamilton or or engine changes and stuff like that, that he's left fifty points um off the board, basically. That he should have. And Max is already leading Lewis by 12 points. That's where we're at before this race. And we'll get into the point standings for drivers and constructors here momentarily. But yeah, I think, um, I think everybody's pushing on rebel being really strong here. It'd be really cool to see Sergio Perez win in front of his home crowd. He's never done that before. Um, so watch out for him. I don't want to give a sneak peek into my predictions later on in the pod chase, but, um, Checo Perez, I think is a fan favorite, obviously for everybody watching here, but who knows this year. I mean, Austin was supposed to be a Mercedes stronghold it always had been in the past and the 2021 season for formula one has shown us that you can't bank on what the historical data is. I mean, now that we're saying rebel is going to be dominant here, watch, watch Mercedes sneak one out. So yeah, that, that, that's going to be pretty fun to see this weekend.
0: No, you never know. Um, I, I, I think we, we can, we can kind of start with the, the driver's standings and, and where we're at, but, um, max has got, um, what is a 12 point lead on Lewis? Um, max at 287 points at 0. 0.5, um, Lewis at, 275.5 points so the lead is very slim there um for those not familiar um 25 points is awarded t- to a win um if i'm not mistaken and then um 13 is is for a second place johnny back me up for 18 five, i have that 18. 18
1: yeah okay so seven so point s- swing between first and second seven point swing
0: there um yeah which is two races um and and it could be it could get pretty crazy with um, with how these guys position and how they drive. Uh, I would not be shocked to see Lewis um, really drive aggressively, and and potentially we could see some some crashes like we did earlier in the season. Um, could you?
1: Yeah, I think I think the calendar is really cool, and what we want to do today for the pre race. Um, again, I'm really happy that just like Austin, we have some better racing times. It's not like we're going to have to wake up at 5:30 or 6 a.m. Um this weekend the 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 times are you know right around noon or one PM but we have five races and six weekends, Chase. So this final, you know, final five race period is gonna be super rapid. And like you said, there's only twelve points that separate Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. And if everybody's right by saying that the Red Bull is gonna do well here and at the next race in Brazil. And then Mercedes typically does well on the final stint sort of tracks in the Middle East. You know, that would be two wins for Max, assuming a one 2 chase two wins for Max and then three wins for Lewis. Max still wins by five points. So um, Mercedes is not just going to go for one, two finishes and take the last three races. They will simply not win you know, the championship and and Lewis Hamilton wants to overtake Michael Schumacher for, for that championship record. So I agree with you. I think that you're going to see some stuff. Maybe it's not in Mexico city, but who knows? Maybe it's on the first turn because last race, which wasn't last year because of the COVID cancellation, but the last time they were here, Lewis and Max actually got into an accident chase going down into turn one, right off of the start. Um, Max tried to fit it in and it's a little bit too narrow, um, of a corner to to pass, but that didn't stop for Stappen. Of course, uh, we know we we know yeah. we know he's a shark with that stuff. So he tried to go in on Lewis. Max ended up crashing, and it affected his race. Could we see Lewis do the exact same? Because it's better for Lewis if Max finishes sixth. You know, it's a different point differential. It's only a couple less. So there's gonna be some tests of game gamesmanship here because Lewis is not going to let it go very easily to, to to lose this thing to Max. So super interesting slate from here on out. 100%. And tactically speaking, um, I think we both would give the,
0: the upper hand to Red Bull and how they l- handled their pits um, last race and really was able to give Max um, that advantage just speaking with Christian Horner and his team. But I, I, I think they're just going to have to let the cars sing on this one. Um, it's It's going to be so much about the, how these vehicles hold up and and basically how how the drivers are able to handle it. But um, if if Red Bull has the fastest car and we'll be seeing that tomorrow and the next day, it'll
1: it, it could just be tough
0: for for Lewis to do anything but to get a little noisy with those corners.
1: Yeah, and I think we'll get into track talk a little bit later about what the Mexico City circuit looks like and why you know Red Bull is predicted to be super strong here. How the altitude in Mexico City affects these cars. We'll get into kind of the nerd type stuff later. But I do want to take a minute to go through that points breakdown besides Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Yeah.
0: We have Checo. I mean, it's I mean Valtteri's pretty much got third. He's just in like yeah. a, a chokehold on third place. But Checo is at 150 points and Lando, baby Lando only one point behind at 149. Um Most people would probably assume that that lead widens. I mean, it's not going to be one more point. I I think Checo should be strong here in Mexico, and um, he should differentiate himself into that fourth spot. Um, From there, it basically moves down to Charles Charles Leclerc, who's at 128 points. So um, he's 21 points behind Lando. That's within catching distance, especially with how these Ferraris have been performing relative to the McLarens. I know you want to dig into that uh, McLaren-Ferrari dynamic and, and and talk about those vehicles, and specifically with the engine changes that Ferrari's been able to do that um, McLaren hasn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for the driver's standings, you, you, you said it. I think Valtteri Bottas is pretty clear, the third spot. Sergio Perez is starting to show a lot of pace and form, so I think you're right that he will start to widen that gap because through the points to the eighth, to the eighth slot, it's only McLaren and Ferrari. And Ferrari has the upper hand right now. They actually had their last um, major engine change of the season with five races to go. There's no more real big upgrades for any teams on the calendar. They're all focusing their time, their money um, on the 2022 car. But Ferrari's last engine change came right at the right at the perfect time. And they, you know, Leclerc was 25 seconds ahead of Daniel Ricardo as the lead McLaren, um, in the last race. So Ferrari is looking extremely quick. I think they're going to be extremely quick this weekend. We're just going to have to see how the McLarens can hold up in the race. Um, see if they can do what they did in Austin, where Daniel Ricardo kept Carlos signs behind him the whole race. Carlos signs had a quicker car, but he just couldn't get past the racing and, and, and just the skill, I, I have to say, selfishly as a Danny Rick fan uh, uh, of the number three McLaren. So it's going to be very interesting. But I think that McLaren is probably pretty scared right now of losing losing that spot actually in the constructors championship, which I wanted to talk about because so many people know about the drivers championships with Lewis, with Max. You know, is Max going to win his first championship? but something that could come into play this weekend chase is will red bull or Mercedes sacrifice basically the driver's championship for the constructors title. Um, And the constructors title is a significant amount of money as a reward. It's 24% essentially of F one's overall profit. And a lot of fans don't know that, that if Mercedes finishes first, it's anywhere from 70 to $90 million. You know, the second spot can be, Ten fifteen million dollars less, which for some of these driver salaries, that's a full year. Um, I don't think they're making the decision on that. And obviously, with Lewis and Max's rivalry, Mercedes is not going to screw up the drivers' championship. But it may come into play here, where they they want a one-two instead of circling some drivers to to finish one and three. If that makes sense, yeah. right? Like they want one-two to get more points. So. Same goes for McLaren and Ferrari. That's a, that's a big amount of money for, for some of those teams. And Ferrari's looking extremely fast, and I think they're going to take that third place in the Constructors' Championship away from McLaren if McLaren doesn't really focus on setting up their car this weekend and the weekends to come to some sort of advantage. But I think they're going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat to do that.
0: Yeah, especially with these two street circuits um, on the calendar, which will probably favor ferrari um they are three and a half points back of the mclarens um and yeah no i as much as this mclaren driving pairing is is really formidable and has been super fun i i i I think we're discounting how good leclerc has looked recently and carlos Sainz. like this these two guys are, are young and really strong drivers as well um would not shock me to see um the ferrari take it take it here um no but that's interesting i think you brought up sort of this team versus driver dynamic and i think that could really come into play here this weekend you've got checo driving at home and um we could come to the point where he's in the lead and he may have to give up places to let max go through to win that um driver's championship i I know
1: wouldn't that be wild in checo's home (laughs) grand prix for them, for, for che- let, let's just say, hypothetically, and it's actually a strong hypothetical because it could happen, but if Sergio Perez Chase is number one in the race, 10 laps to go, and on the broadcast, you see it go up there that the radio is on, and Christian Horner for Red Bull says, Checo, we need you to let Max get past you, in front of his home crowd oh. with all the money and the sponsorships that Sergio Perez brings, do you think that happens? Yeah. Do you think they do it?
0: I- it's just it's crazy i I, I mean these guys have all the i mean to be a formula one driver you have to have the faith that you are like a god like you either have to believe in god or think you are god and and for the most part these guys think they're a god i don't think they would like i I can't see any driver on the grid doing that in their home circuit if they have a chance for for a race win Uh, it's just uh they hey, Checo may quit on the spot. So I, I can't see that happening. I know there's a lot at stake here,
1: but um, we'll that, see. We'll see. There's like a lot of people. Too far. Yeah. There's a lot of people saying it's going to happen. And there's plenty of people saying the same thing as you, that Christian Horner wouldn't do that if they finish one, two, but, but chase the difference between a second and third, for example, as opposed to first and second is only three points. It's 18 versus 15. So, If Max only gets a three-point advantage after this race because Checo is quicker than him and keeps the lead, and there's not a whole lot of overtaking opportunities in Mexico City, which, if you've been listening to these pods, is pretty consistent across the calendar, which is what we're trying to improve for next season with the car changes. But in Mexico City, it's a good-looking track. It's really fun, I think, if you go there because you get a lot of vantage points at the cars going slowly to see them pass. But it's not historically an amazing track for you to make up a couple positions. So if Checo finishes first in qualifying and sets pole in that red bull, he could race the whole time and there could be some drama. He can totally disregard a radio call to let max get past and max only gets three points in this thing. And Lewis is, Lewis finishes third. And then, you know, Lewis wins, a, you know, two or three more races and that, that four point difference with a fastest lap. We talked about it at the beginning of the pod chase, but like we said, if Max wins this race in the next race and, you know, Lewis wins the three in the Middle East, it's a five point win for Max overall in the season. But if he doesn't get first in a couple of these races and he finishes second, because Sergio Perez is, is, is racing pretty strong. All it takes is for Lewis Hamilton get, to get a couple of fastest laps, which is an additional one point for each race. If he gets a couple of those, we could see a nail biter where Lewis wins by one or two points at the end of the season. And they could look back to Mexico city or another race and say, shit, we should have let max get past Sergio. So just something for you to look at for this weekend, probably a piece of drama. If it does come up. Yeah, no,
0: I'll be following that really closely. I mean, we'll get into the predictions, but, um, I I love Checo. He's, he's a fan favorite, especially here. He's just a fun, fun personality, fun guy to root for. So I'm going to be following him really closely in this one, but, um, Ultimately, we're going to have to see how these cars start to look tomorrow. I I know we wanted to talk a little bit about these free practices and what some more casual F1 fans don't know to look out for. I know everyone, as you kind of get into racing and you get into F1, you, you watch the races, but then you slowly but surely start watching qualifying and seeing how important qualifying is to the ultimate standings. But the deepest dive, not the deepest, but as you get to the R level, you start to follow the practices and um, what to look out for and how they're tuning in these cars. Johnny, I know you know a lot
1: more about this than I do. Do you want to extrapolate a bit? Yeah, I think I think even the Ferrari versus McLaren battle is a good way to explain it. Um, as you said, Chase, Ferrari is three and a half points behind McLaren. They were much quicker than McLaren in Austin. and. Basically, I read something this past week that Lando Norris fought back in the media a bit when everybody was saying that Ferrari all of a sudden has got this, you know, major pace. And he said, hey, Ferrari's, you know, new power unit, everything, it's helped. But their car has been fast the whole year, and the McLarens have just performed better in races. And I thought that was a strong comment from Lando about how even if they... Uh, power unit for Ferrari and the new engine is a little bit better in the final five races, the McLaren team, their strategy and more importantly, their car setup um, has allowed them to sneak past the Ferrari and this late in the season, you know, there's no more upgrades coming from McLaren. So they need to focus on changing the setup of the car for Mexico. And when somebody says changing the setups that comes after the practice sessions. So on Friday, you're going to have two practice sessions, one in the morning, usually one in the afternoon. And then on Saturday before qualifying, there's the final practice session. And for a lot of people, you think, okay, that's just, you know, the racers getting used to the track and figuring out how, how things are coming to play there. It is a little bit of that, but you know, it's really to set up the car for the races and understand the conditions, the turns, figure out what lap times and distances they can do with different tires, with the soft, the hard, the medium tires, They all come into play. So those practice sessions are really important for McLaren to figure out, okay, when we change in the race and we do a two-stop strategy chase, we knew from our practice sessions that our medium tire can get us 35 laps, you know? So that's some of the strategy and the setup that Lando was mentioning that they've been a little bit better than Ferrari at. So for that battle specifically, the practice sessions will definitely come into play and another tidbit is that sometimes people mention tire choice and how that comes into play with qualifying. One rule for, for, for a listener is that if you get into the top 10 during qualifying, the rule with Formula One is that the, the, the tire choice, so if you set it on the soft tire, the medium tire, the hard tire, which are the three tire choices you have for each race, if you set your top 10 time in Q2 with the medium tire, you have to start the race on that tire. So when we talk about like the practice conditions and understanding the distances and lap times you can do with each tire, if you screw it up and in Q2, you set your fastest time and you make it into the top 10 with a soft tire, but for the race, you didn't study it enough. And all of a sudden you're starting on the soft tire and everybody else gets past you because of a couple of fractions of seconds that you're quicker on the medium tire. That can be another mess up. That's actually, Chase, what happened to Carlos Sainz, by the way, in Austin, is he had to start on a soft tire while everybody else was on a different tire choice. So these sort of blunders can help McLaren stay within here, but I thought it'd be a nice kind of way to explain how practice sessions dictate strategy, tire understanding conditions, how that can translate to qualifying choices, and how that can ultimately affect the race
0: no it's so it's so important i mean this is where i'm learning a lot just listening to you because this stuff is it's it's complex and and the reason these guys have full engineering teams is like to get these microseconds are that's what we're really talking about these split seconds that races are won and lost at and uh no any advantage you can have in any way you can predict how to be better than the field that that comes into play a huge huge amount it's i mean I think it's seventy five percent car and team and then twenty five percent driver um, so as much as fun it is to watch these overtakes and to watch how these drivers navigate, so much of it's a thinking sport where you you just have to make the right decisions with tire with with management of of stops and, and, and all of that. It's, it's, it's vital. Um, and speaking of kind of the ultimate competitor of, of these engineers, it's the track. Let's um, let's break it into track talk, Johnny, cause uh, there's nothing more fun than, than, than speaking of the, the the track that these guys are going on I know it's riveting stuff for for our audiences at home who who doesn't love, um track talk uh, I, I so we we talked about how this is a a street circuit um, it's got a big straight that kind of opens it up and then a really tough turn one um, turn one is as you guys may recall is what um, the Max Lewis dust up happened between And then um, it breaks down to another section. And then Sector 2, I'd say, has a lot of weaving turns. Um, And then at the end, you've got a hairpin on on turn 13 um, into the end. Anything else you had in terms of track talk you want to cover?
1: No, and I think that this track is a street track, and it combines basically two things. It has two semi-long straights where the cars go extremely fast. Not Monza levels of speed, but maybe just just in front of that. And then otherwise, the level of downforce that these cars need for this weekend is similar to Monaco. So it's, it's um, sometimes when you say street track, people can think that it's not really a challenging course and that it's just people going around and around and around with no elevation. There isn't much elevation or actual undulation on the track design here, which we've gotten a lot of in Austin, you know, that big hill that you saw right away. It makes for a fun, you know, viewing side to it. But in Mexico City, you don't really have much of a different difference in elevation of the track specifically. What you do have that comes into play significantly, and we talked about it in the beginning, is the altitude of Mexico City. The altitude is a humongous deal for these racers, and actually it's a big deal for the actual power unit and the turbo engines of the car chase so this is one of those tracks where the altitude affects the air that's going into the engine and um, in a weird way, power is less important for cars here so if there's two general characteristics of this track, it's that they have long straights, which is where you need power, and then they have soft to medium speed corners similar to Monaco where you need really, really good handling. And you would think, okay, that means that Red Bull, since they can handle the sort of turns better than Mercedes, but Mercedes is a quicker car. Maybe it's balanced out, but Mexico city, the way that the altitude works with the engine is that it actually creates kind of like an even playing field. So the cars that are better handling actually have the advantage because Red Bull and Ferrari which typically are a little slower than Mercedes and McLaren, who both have the same engine unit chase. Red Bull and Ferrari yeah. basically get equalized with the other fast cars because of the, the way that the altitude works and how it changes the engine. So their strength on the corners with the low to medium speed means that Red Bull has a clear advantage over Mercedes and Ferrari has a clear advantage over McLaren. That altitude is a very bizarre thing, and that's how Mexico City typically works.
0: No, it's super fascinating. Like that thin air. Um, it just affects the performance of these vehicles so much more. Like engine performance is is so vital. Um no, but I honestly like I, I think it's gonna be super fun. I think the fans will add a great element. I think they've been desperate. Like they, they have some great fans then in Mexico City. Obviously, they'll be tr- rooting for Checo, but I think they're just gonna be excited for for a really great race. Um, but no, as as much as the the vehicles kind of come into to to like play here, I, I I think just the personalities will be awesome to watch. Um, it's just it's coming to that that point of the year where, the, like, people in Formula One are are very willing to play it safe. Not play it safe, but there's a lot of strategic thinking, and there's just no more time left for that. Like, it's pedal to the metal. There's no more changes left to make. The car is the car. Go out and and make something happen. So you're going to see people not holding anything back, and really the the racers going for those 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 championships, those pl- those podiums, those places. So it's going to be super fun in that regard. I think we should start getting into predictions. Um, are you ready to give your predictions for this race, or do you need a minute?
1: Yeah, I I wanted to say one more thing when you talk about how we're 17 races into the season, and you you hit the nail on the head with it's a long season. So teams like Mercedes and Toto Wolff, they don't play it safe so much, but they're definitely more reserved. And they're the, you know, Lewis is the more mature driver. He didn't do some of the stuff that Max did. Max is the one who's responsible for that crash in Italy. You know, Max is still a little bit immature, but he also goes for some crazy angles. But you're going to see some stuff here with five races to go where teams are really not going to let anything go to waste and something that could be interesting that we didn't mention besides some sort of teammate coming into play here where you know like we talked about on our last pod botas and perez are going to play a little bit of a part in holding up the other rebels or holding up the you know the anti-championship contender for their team but something that could come into play and we've talked about it is engines so there's been so many engine changes and the reason for the engine changes in the past 4 races has been around reliability. Nobody wants a DNF. Nobody wants to come around, you know, lap 16 and then the broadcast shows their car with a bunch of smoke, you know, billowing out of the back. That's a zero pointer, you know, and if and if Max gets a DNF or if Lewis gets a DNF, that's either a title winner or a title loser in these next 5 races. So just something to keep in mind because although we're getting less drivers taking their big penalties as we did on some of our first pods chase where drivers were getting 10 or 15 place or end of the grid penalties for switching their engines. You could see somebody who has a little bit too old of an engine right now and has a reliability issue in a race. And that is catastrophic. So before we get into predictions, I just wanted to mention even if there's not a bunch of overtakes this weekend, look out for Checo Perez look out for Lewis and Max battling look out for the inner red bull kind of controversy around Checo and Mexico City but also look out for in the next couple of races what's going to happen with these engines and hopefully it doesn't happen to one of these you know title contending teams so no oh,
0: really crazy and it makes for great drama i can't wait like literally this will be um Fighting my t v screen with some n f l Sunday and I think it's gonna win out, which is um if you know me it's uh, hard to do, but um let's get into the most fun part of this uh we're locked in we're even on these predictions uh I'm looking to win against you johnny um it's a little playful competition here, but um, I really think I have these nailed down, so if you don't mind i'm gonna just give my take it away. I think we'll go back and forth here if you don't mind i'm gonna go third. okay I'm gonna go with my third. Third place, I have
1: Lewis Hamilton from Mercedes. Wow. Yeah, I I just don't... I like how we're starting with our third choice because now I'm already rethinking it. This is strategic. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's somewhat anticlimactic when you you say you're second and people will probably know who our first will be. But uh, I like it all the same. I think Lewis is third. I just... I don't think he's going to have the pace of these Red Bulls and ultimately... I just can't see him breaking um, breaking into the, the top two, which we are so accustomed to him doing.
1: Yeah, so this is a tough one for me. I'll tell you who it was between before I get into my third spot. It's between Lewis and it's between Charles Leclerc. Um, I think Ferrari is going to be really quick here. So I'm going to surprise you just as the other side of this, and I'm going to say Leclerc. I think he's going to get that podium he hasn't had it in a couple races. He was close when he finished in 4th when I had him on my podium. I think Ferrari and Red Bull are going to be really quick here and watch me be totally wrong. Watch 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 McLaren and, and Mercedes <laughs> no. just pull it out of their, you know, behinds on this thing and and come up on a podium, but I'm going to go Leclerc. I hate to say it, but I
0: I love that. I mean, I that Ferrari's going to be really quick. It's just a matter of of Leclerc and if he can hold off um those Mercedes. I mean, he's had problems with those Mercedes in the past. So I would love to see him beat at least one of them. Um, but, uh, it's a tough hill to climb. I'm going to go with my number two and this may shock the listeners at home, but Max Verstappen, I think we'll finish second in this race. Yeah. You're
1: going Max. I totally thought you were going to put him (laughs) as number one.
0: No, I think Checo takes it. I honestly think Checo's got really something to prove i think since they've changed the setup and not had him stuck in max's setup he's been way quicker and nowhere is better for him than at home i think he finally uses this red bull to its potential and drives great and finishes this race in number one
1: if i had a soundboard for a bunch of clapping right now i would use it because (laughs) usually no risk or low risk chase on his predictions for this i know i go i was like I was like, really? Are you going to do Max, and then you're 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 going to do maybe Botas, and then Lewis, or I don't know. So I'm I'm very proud of you for choosing nope. Max as a number two finisher. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, I I'm going to flip it on you, and I'm going to say Sergio is number two. Okay, I mean, then and I, I think there's going to be some drama. I do. I think that Sergio is going to have some pace, and I think that there's going to be some. Is Sergio going to win in front of his home crowd in Mexico City? or is are they going to give it to max i think and god imagine drive to survive when that occurs oh, it'll just oh, be mind blowing maybe i'm manifesting lo- it and it, and sergio's going to be like 10th in the race but sergio's i would love
0: i would love to be a netflix executive right now because all this like fretting like the drivers have to worry about all this stuff happening and drama that could ensue for netflix it's just like any way this cookie crumbles will be fun. It's going to be drama no matter what. Like, Legitimately, we could have 10 different things happen that are more exciting than anything that happened on season one of Drive to Survive, and I'm here for it. I just think Christian Horner, as much weight as he carries, and him and Toto have more weight in, in the paddock than anyone else, I think, but I don't think he can tell a driver that's about to win a race to hold up at home. I mean, it wouldn't fully shock me but i i i just ultimately tip my cap to to sergio and you just ride you you ride to the tri- to constructors championship you're just you take the the t- top two finish and you just be happy and you hope max just dominates in rio let let that happen in rio you there's a lot of of races to hold up sergio it's you can't do it now
1: yeah i think you're right i think in my head if they decided to tell the you know, Mexican driver at the Mexico city grand prix to pull over and let his teammate get in front of him to win. I think that Christian Horner would have bigger issues than just Sergio Perez storming into his office. I think he'd probably have the big, big sponsors at Sergio Carlos Perez Slim. Plays, yeah. Carlos well Slim Carlos is going to be knocking on his door <laughs> as well as whoever plays, whoever plays, um, I was gonna say a guy who plays uh the League guy in Narcos, but there's gonna be some real <laughs> real power players that are gonna be knocking at Red Bull's door if they piss off the Mexican mafia or, 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 or anybody um if if they yeah, if they screw yeah, over Sergio Perez.
0: Oh, it would not be it'd be not safe.
1: I think they would have to
0: have the full Red Bull security if, if that happened and escort <laughs> escort Horner in an airplane out of there. But um Yeah, there I, I I I can't wait. I mean it's just so are we
1: flipped for our number one? Is we're my flipped. number one Max and your number one is Sergio?
0: Yeah, I think we're. I mean, basically, we're just arguing over whether or not uh, Christian Orner has to put his fate in his hands because it's. Yeah, I would. I would hate to be him this this weekend. I mean, as much as it's going to be fun and they're going to be quick, it's that's not fun personality management at all. That's horrible. Uh, but no, I mean, this could just be null. I I, I do think Max is the better driver overall. So. I'm partly
1: betting with my heart here, but um, we'll see. Let's see Sergio Perez take out Max Verstappen in this race. And both Red Bulls are out and Charles Leclerc wins and Lewis Hamilton finished second. If they do that, the championship is absolutely flipped on its head. I mean, there's so many different things that can happen, obviously. And this is why we do these predictions before even practices and qualifying start for this weekend. But I hope so man i I hope that um, I hope that Sergio wins as as you've predicted. I just don't think that they're gonna allow a second to third finish. Maybe they won't let Max pass Sergio if Lewis is in fourth or fifth chase, but I think that if Lewis is in third and there's only a three point difference in the points finish from second and third, it's not enough points of an advantage for them to feel comfortable going to the last four races. And I just think that there's going to be some radio call and you're right. I I would hate to be in that position as Christian Horner, the team boss would be in, but I don't feel like Christian Horner is too much of a modest guy. So um, he needs a little bit of hardship in his life. So I I, I wish him the best of luck, but um, I'd love it for the drama.
0: No, it's tough being married to a Spice Girl and living in an English country manner. Um, Life's life's not easy for Christian Horner, (laughs) but no, I mean, it's it's just super super fun uh i i mean we're just gift gifted with this this awesome final stretch um for everyone that tuned in thank you it's gonna be really fun I, i mean this earnestly if you do not watch f1 watch netflix series you can you could probably binge um the last season prior to this race it'll add a lot to your enjoyment of the racing because This is as close of a championship as 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 fans of this sport have had in in like 20 years. It's it's not hyperbole to say, like, this is legitimately like getting Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl or 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 like LeBron James versus Kevin Durant. That's that's what we have lined up for racing fans. And this will just be the first part of like think of it as a a world of a finals series. This is like game one of a seven game series.
1: Five races, six weeks, a lot of stuff that we covered on this pod. So, Chase, I think this is a good preview for Mexico City, and I'm extremely excited to talk to you on race day. Awesome. I can't wait. Thanks for bearing
0: with me. Um, I'm on my like, last lung here, but um, we're making
1: it through. Uh, you've got the cool raspy voice i told you it's it's, <laughs> it's very sexy oh, thank you
0: i appreciate it. You're, you're you don't need a <laughs> cool raspy voice when you look like johnny so um i will uh sign off here uh appreciate the support people and uh yeah no follow our our race day podcast we'll be live on sunday
1: talking about hopefully a crazy crazy race great see you chase See. You.